Here we are uh, on Sunday morning. Thank you for all being here. It's a can be exciting uh, next hour and a half as we just soak in um, God's word with uh, background of music and 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 beautiful scriptures. So we're going to dig into that. It's called Word and Worship, where we listen to these uh, beautiful, just little beautiful music, watch the beautiful video, see the lyrics, and just soak in His love as we study today. Today we're going to study. Um, Daniel 10, which is you know part of getting through all of Daniel. There's 12 chapters, and we've gone through the nine. We've touched on 10 a little bit. We'll dig into that in a little more detail. We'll talk a bit about 11 and 12 because 10 through 12 go together as a story. And so we'll see how far we get together. But we also want to do communion. So if you get a chance, grab your elements and get ready for those. Those will be later in the service. Um, but we'll we'll do communion. Um, where we have bread and uh, some type of liquid uh, that represents uh, the Christ's blood, whether that's wine or grape juice, whatever you'd like there. But we'll be uh, teaching on communion too, just so you better understand what communion is all about. All right, but I always like to start with a prayer and then some worship music before we dive into the Word of God. Um, so let's, uh, let's just lift this up real quick. Heavenly Father, just thank you so much for your Word of God that leads us to truth. Lord, and we just know that you've called us now at this time, at this point in time, to really get close to you. Lord, so I pray that this next hour and a half, that's exactly what will happen, is that we'll be able to worship you, uh, praise you, lift you up, and uh, learn more about what your word says, and what, what your word says about the end times, what your word says about Daniel 10, and what your word says about communion, Lord. Just let that soak in. Allow us to learn what you want us to learn. And we present this to you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. All right. We're going to start out with some beautiful music. That's uh, one of the things that uh, is this ministry has become really big on is, is, is not only having awesome music to praise him, but to have beautiful video that uh, associates with it. And you'll see uh, in these videos, you'll notice they will change scenes every every six to ten seconds so it's pretty it's beautiful music that goes in and really brings in the song and then also uh, we talk about the scripture beforehand and the scripture will be at the bottom of the screen so don't miss that when you're worshiping every once in a while glance down at that those scriptures that the song's pointing to i think you really really love this this first song we're going to dig into it's a classic of open the eyes of my heart you can start to get our hearts right before we learn the word right this uh, song talks about open the eyes of my heart right out of Ephesians 1 8 it says having the eyes of your hearts enlightened that you may know what is the hope which he has called you and the second verse in this song that we emphasize says to see you high and lifted up shining in the light of your glory a couple of verses this reminds me of an Old Testament a New Testament one Old Testament 57 15 of Isaiah says for thus says the one who is high and lifted up, who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. Just think about inhabiting eternity from beginning to end, right? Matthew 7, 2. And he, Jesus, was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, 
and his garments became as white as light. Right at the mountain tra transfiguration, we see him shining in the light of his glory right there. Pour out your power and love, this talks about as well. And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might? Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. And then this ends with this as we sing holy, holy, holy. And Isaiah 6.3 says that whole, uh, Old Testament verse again. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And then all the way to the end, Revelation, in the New Testament. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Lord, open the eyes of our heart. We want to see things for the way they really are. Open our eyes. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart.
beautiful song to start out with just getting our hearts right open the eyes of our heart now we're going to pick it up a little bit with raise a hallelujah um, hallelujah itself is a compound word and it means a joyous praise in song and yah refers to that's hallelujah the first part of it is a joyous praise in song the second part is yah which refers to yahweh or god so you put these together and you have we joyfully praise god in song so when you say hallelujah that's what you're saying we joyfully praise god in song Psalm 95.1 says just that. It says, Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. This talks about in the presence of our enemies. We have a lot of enemies right now trying to take us down, right? And we see that. We see that with uh, the globalists especially, right? You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. So despite all these attacks, despite the enemy, we... Are protected and what's our weapon our weapon is a melody according to the third line we emphasize here again this is where the army was perceived the, the the praise band was was going before the army right he pointed those who were to sing to the Lord and praise him in holy attire as they went before the army this is a 2 Chronicles 20 and as they were went before the army and when they began to sing and praise the Lord sent an ambush against the men who had come against Judah so that they were routed. They all helped destroy one another. Isn't that amazing? The last part of this is heaven comes to fight for me, right? You see, you shall not fear them, for it is the Lord your God who fights for you. So if you want the Lord God to fight for you, what do you do? You sing hallelujah. <laughs> you praise him. You use your weapons of praise and thanksgiving. Our weapon is a melody. Woo! Let's sing raise a hallelujah. Praise a hallelujah In the presence of my enemies I raise a hallelujah Louder than the Hallelujah Heaven comes to fight 
All right, let me know how the sound's going for everyone. It uh, looks like it's good on Rumble and on Facebook, but just we want to see if that's working fine. Good. So uh, this next one is, uh, we'll get into one more song, then we'll te- get, jump into Daniel 10. This is Great Are You, Lord. And Psalm 96, 4 and 5 says, For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Just like we're doing right now. He is to be feared above all gods, for all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols. But the Lord made the heavens. That's how great he is. And it says, the second one says, it's the breath in our lungs. Talking about Genesis 2-7, it says, Then the Lord God formed the man of the dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. We see that in Ezekiel 37 too, where the bones came together and the flesh came together, but it wasn't until the band where he had Ezekiel prophesy, breathe the breath of God into them. They become exceedingly great army. We see you give life, you are love. It's 1 John 4, 8. Anyone who does not love God does not know God because God is love. We talked about that in the other song as well. And it says you bring light into darkness. That's a key to right now. It talks about light to dark, right? We as the remnant need to shine right now. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. John 1, 4, 5. I have come into the world as light, so whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. John 12, 46. He's the light. Let's worship him. Great are you, Lord. You give light. You are love. You bring light to the darkness. You give hope. You restore every heart that is broken. And great are you, Lord. It's your breath in our
light shines in darkness and the darkness is not comprehended. He's coming to the light so that whoever believes him may not remain in darkness. John 12, 46. All the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry, these bones will sing. Wow, I love this music. We'll get into some other ones a little bit later. I want to invite you to a couple things as we dig into the Word of God right now. Remember, you can be back here worshiping with us on Zoom, right? It's just a, it's a, just going to the backstage tab on blessedteach.com. So everything's on blessedteach.com. That's where the neighborhood is, where we're getting together as groups and Zoom groups during the week as well to be with each other. You shouldn't be isolated at this time. If you feel isolated at all, go to neighborhood.social. That's neighborhood.social. You can download that on your phones as well. And uh, look at the groups, the live Zoom groups. I think you'll really enjoy that. But also, we're, we're live six days a week, and you can be backstage with us. And that's where you would just go to blessedteach.com, go to the backstage tab. Again, that was something that was a model of, of paying for a lot of the broadcast at $17.76 a month. Many people did that because there's a lot of value. It's now free because we wanted to put this as part of a ministry where you can come on as a pay-forward model, just like the Chosen. So please go to blessedteach.com, go to the Backstage tab, and uh, that'll allow you to join these services in a much more intimate way, being backstage with us here on Zoom. All right, let's uh, get into a little bit of teaching here on uh, Daniel 10. We've gone through the first nine chapters. If you go back through, I usually teach on Monday, Thursday, and then on Sunday. And in addition, Gus and I are teaching on Word and Worship on Fridays, doing the Gospel of John. So those are kind of you can kind of dig in to uh, the teachings, and um, we're going to also 
a little bit later have communion. So if you had, if you missed the early part of the service, I announced that. Make sure you have your uh, elements when you're at a good break, or if you're watching a video, pause it and grab your elements. Uh, but that'll be later in the show. We're going to go through the teaching first. So let's dig a li little into this. This is Daniel 10. It's Daniel's terrifying vision of a man. Now chapters 10 through 12 go together, so it makes it a little hard. Um, and you know, we've been, I've been showing you uh, chapters 2, 7, and 8, which really are most of the chapters that really dig into the prophetic words of, of the future. This, uh, and so you, and we've gone over that, right, where we have the, the, the kingdoms, where I think the feet of iron and clay are going to be the future events of 10 kings, the Antichrist, everything that happens there. So we've gone over quite a bit of that. We went over chapter 9, the 70 weeks as well. Um, I thought this was a good little graphic here. It's probably tough to see um, on a phone, but um, I wanted to kind of uh, kind of review this with you. And uh, I'll blow up on this portion right here. We, you know, the same thing with the gold, silver, brass, iron, and, and the feet of irons of clay that we talked about with each of the, uh, the the vision of the statue in chapter two. And chapter seven was the four beasts that we've talked about quite detailed. We've talked about the ram and goat in chapter eight. Chapter 9 talked about the 70 years that we went over, and now we're in chapters 10 through 12, okay? Now, what's interesting about this is that just this, is, this will map really closely and in detail to really these two kingdoms, Persia and Syria and Egypt, where you'll see the northern king and the southern king talked about in detail, and uh, especially here. where So it's beginning to be talking about the early part of this, Persia, because that's where Daniel is in the time frame now, and then a little bit into Greece. It doesn't talk about Rome, doesn't talk about the church age, it, but it does talk about, the, 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 at the very end, it talks about the end of times. So we'll get a little bit into that um, when we get into chapter 12. Uh, but we probably won't be able to get to that today because of the, the, just the length of the three scriptures. But again, if you look at the time that this was happening, we see, we see the time. This is kind of a cool graphic too. If you're, if you're looking at the screen, if you're not all explaining it on the podcast here. So you basically have uh, chapter one and chapter two right here, here um, in probably around 590 BC when Daniel was writing this. Chapter three, the fiery furnace. Remember the fourth man in the fire? What a beautiful story that doesn't give a time frame on that, but it happened between the image that he got and what we're going to see here all the way back to chapter um to, to, to the lion's den in chapter six gives we have we know that was probably about 536 bc so daniel was writing for this book was written over a long period of time right the fallen tree chapter four then we have chapter five the handwriting the wall then we have uh, chapter six with the 536 bc where judah and we had the Persian Empire. Now it's taken over from the Babylonian Empire. So we've talked a lot about all that. That's just a kind of a quick review in the timeline we're in. So these are kind of in timeline order, unlike like the book of John that's not in timeline order, for instance. This is a timeline order book of when Daniel wrote each one of these things. And so we've studied the 70 years. Now we're talking about the coming kings, primarily talking about Persia, Syria, and Egypt is what we're going to be digging into in this so to give you the context of this. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, so he clearly tells us exactly when he wrote this, a word was revealed to Daniel, who was named Belteshazzar. And the word was true, and it was a great conflict. And he understood the word that had understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning for three weeks. I ate no delicacies, no meat, and no wine entered my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all for the full three weeks. Now this is real interesting. So we see um, 
he was obviously in deep prayer, deep, uh, deep, deep worship. But this also comes back to another point there. If you know back when Daniel was younger, when they first came into the exile, um, he ate a special diet, right? He didn't want to defile himself with the king's meat. So he, they gave him vegetables, right, and water. And so a lot of vegetarians say, see, that means we all should be vegetarians. But no, that's not the case. Because clearly right here, Daniel's older, and he's saying he's abstaining from meat, which means most likely he ate, was eating meat, right? Probably just was things that was not to the idols. Most likely, he, that's what I imagine that's what I would do if I was a Jew living in, in that time. I'd try to find meat that wasn't dedicated to the idols, right? So, because again, in those days, Daniel was mourning for three weeks. I ate no delicacies, no meat, no wine entered my mouth. So he was probably in, on his more strict vegetarian diet at this time, right? But he obviously wasn't on a regular basis because this was a three weeks of fasting period where he was fasting things that he normally would do. So I just want to make sure that people jump on little verses and try to make big things out of, out of the Bible when it's really not teaching that, right? And so I think it's it, it, the, the New Testament clearly says all foods good for us, right? And that if, if, if you want to have some food that's uh, separate, like eat kosher, like the Jewish people do, that's fine. But you don't judge people who aren't, right? That's very clear. Clearly, uh, the Bible, um, the New Testament clearly teaches that. And it's a, there's four or five verses I could show you on that, but um, I'm gonna, I don't have time because I want to get through more of this. But just, uh, just go look at that, think for yourself, go search that. Um, God's not calling us to all be vegetarians. I just want to make sure you knew that. Um, on the 24th day of the first month, as I stand on the bank of the great river, that is the Tigris, I lift up my eyes and look and behold a man clothed in linen with a belt of fine gold and upaz and around his waist. He, his body was like beryl, his face like the appearance of lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like a gleam of burnishing bronze and the sound of his words like the sound of multitude. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision for the men who were with me did not see the vision, but a great trembling fell upon them and they fled to hide themselves. So I was left alone and saw this great vision and no strength was left in me. My radiant appearance was fearfully changed and I retained no strength. Then I heard the sound of his words. And I heard the sound of his words. I fell on my face. And as I heard the sound of his words, I fell on my face in deep sleep with my face to the ground. So here's a powerful supernatural being. Many people think it's Christ, right? But uh, I really don't think it is, right? <laughs> and I'll show you that a little bit later because this being was not powerful enough to get past the Prince of Persia. You think if, do you think the Prince of Persia is going to stop Christ? I don't think so. So, uh, so I believe this is the powerful angel. Um, he needed Michael's help to get through the Prince of Persia. That's why I don't think this is Christ, right? But what we do know, it's a supernatural vision to Daniel, giving him insight, right? That's the beautiful thing that we see here. And behold, a hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. And he said to me, oh, Daniel, a man greatly loved understand the words that i speak to you and stand upright for now i have been sent to you so obviously this has been sent to you so obviously in my opinion god christ sending an angel right and when he had spoken this word to me i stood up trembling and then he said to me fear not daniel 
For from the first day that you set your heart to understand and humbled yourself before your gods, your words have been heard, and I have come because of your words. This is a very, very um, kind of exciting, if you understood what that this said, right? That he humbled himself, and then we can apply this to ourselves, I believe. We, if we humble ourselves before our God, right? And I think I may have said the word gods there. Obviously, this is there's only one God. <laughs> For yourself before, there's a lot of false gods. Your words have been heard, and I have come because of your words. So this angel literally was sent, probably by Jesus. Jesus heard the words, right? Or the Father heard the words as we spoke through Jesus as our intercessory, right? And they sent the angel to Daniel. The prince of kingdom of Persia withstood me for 21 days, but Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I was left there with the kings of Persia and came to make you understand that what is to happen to your people in the latter days, for the vision is for days yet to come. So obviously this is before Christ. This is where we're going to see uh, some mighty things happening in the, in the, in the area of where Jerusalem and, the, and the Palestine, where all that area is. And that's what uh, chapters 11 or 12 are going to dig into. But this is really interesting. The prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me. Okay, we're going to see later that he's going to talk about when I go back, I'm going to, have to, I'm going to be against the prince of Greece. So these are geographical principalities, right? I know Robin Bullock's talked about this, seeing a principality over the, over the Indian reservations, for example, right? And uh, we need to break these principalities. We have them here in America, I believe. And they, they're, they're, you know, demonic principalities that uh, obviously they can't, they, they can't stop what God has, has done, but they can delay it. We see that, right? He, they delay it. Um, now, if Jesus decided to come or the line of Judah comes, I believe there's going to be no delay, right? <laughs> but uh, you can de delay angels, um, right? So that just shows you the power difference between Christ and what God does and, 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 what, these, and, and what these demons do. Remember, these demons by definition, are not eternal from a perspective of they never they weren't they, they weren't always in existence, right? Like God was. So they're not nearly as powerful as God. They're not omniscient, omnipotent, and omnipresent like God is. Right? So they could only be in one place at one time. That's why they're geographical. Right? That's that's so so that they're not nearly as powerful as as, as Jesus. Not nearly as powerful as the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, right? So we know when we have him on the inside of us, we don't have to be scared of these things. We just need to bind them. And it says whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. So a lot of times we need to be binding these things and uh, loosing angels. I always talk about loosing angels of, of all rankings and divisions right on to the situation that we have today. Because we have these principalities, you can't expect all, all your prayers to be answered in, um, immediately. Sometimes God will send you an angel and it might take 21 days for it to answer, right? So that's one of the reasons why people say, why, why is the power of God not just unleashed on me right away? I believe that a lot of this, these principalities are being removed for such a time as this. And we're going to see our, our, our prayers answered way faster than what we have seen in the past. Because he's going to give us um, for such a time as this, right? Which comes to the great awakening, great exodus, and the great harvest. Um, his glory is going to shine through us like never before. But anyway, this, that, that, this is the, the, the man that he sees. And then it says, When he had spoken to me according to these words, I turned my face toward the ground and was mute. 
And behold, one of the likeness of the children of man touched my lips. Then I opened my mouth and spoke. I said to him who stood before me, O oh, my Lord, by reason of the vision pains have come upon me, and I retain no strength. How can my Lord's servant talk with my Lord? For now no strength remains in me, and no breath is left in me. And now while so, so all his companions left him, and he's sitting there by himself with this amazing creature, and he just collapses, right? Again, one having the appearance of a man touched me and strengthened me, and he said, O oh man greatly loved, fear not, peace be with you, be strong, and be of courage. And as he spoke to me, I was strengthened and said, Let my Lord speak, for you have strengthened me. Then he said, Do you know why I have come to you? But now I will return to fight against the prince of Persia. Then when I go out, behold, the prince of Greece will come. But I will tell you what is inscribed in the book of truth. There is none who contends by my side against these except Michael, your prince. So again, we see these principalities, the Persia as well as Greece, principalities that are geographic in nature. I believe we have one obviously over New York area, over, over California area, right? All over the world, there's different, these evil principalities. Um, and it, we need to come against them, especially if you are in a local area. Find those any spirits of that area in your geographic area as we pray against against these these uh, demonic beings that are trying to stop God's will from happening. They, they're, they're not going to be able to stop it, but they can delay things in, in in our in our personal lives. They can't delay God's appointed times, though. So it's going to be uh, just a matter of of understanding how God wants to use us each, right? That's why I talk about make sure you understand what your calling is and really be just walking that each day by day as you as you spend time with the Lord. Just like Daniel spending time, here he was in three weeks of doing some type of a fast, right? And really dedicating himself to the Lord. And uh, as you go through different periods of life, I think it's real important to do some of that, right? Is give up some things that are that, that will make you bring you closer to God, right? Maybe even, even I, I like sometimes even just doing a 24-hour fast, right? So it's not like a real hard eight-day thing or something or seven-day thing, but you, but you just uh, that time that you're hungry just points you back. Oh, yeah, I'm fasting. I need to be make sure I'm praying to the Lord. Those are some of the things I I look at. I'm going to go a little bit into Daniel 11 now, and this is where because it's kind of a cliffhanger to stop there right it's like what's he gonna tell me he came here i'm fell on the ground i'm fine what are you gonna tell me so verse uh, so, so in chapter 11 this is a long chapter that goes through um uh, the the battles that are going to happen this really interesting history so i want to walk you a little bit through the history because it'll make more sense as we go through it right before we dig into that so you're going to see we know that um after the persian empire the, 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 the speedy thing, right? The, we had the leopard and um, uh, many, many of the other visions that we talked about here with the Greece. Um, this leopard as well as this goat, right? We're really fascinated. The goat was, didn't even, it was, had wings like it, right? And so, it, because cause, uh, Alexander the Great overtook the Persian Empire in like 10 years, right? It was this crazy time frame. Usually it takes decades and decades and decades. And he took over everything in like 10 years. Right, but then he died really early, and he left it to his four, his four generals. Right, so they broke it all up. So let me go back to that chart. 
I'm going to go back to that. Uh, sorry about that. Here it is. So here it is. So so this is really interesting. This whole chapter is about. So you had these four. You had you had the, 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 these four king, uh, four generals here, and the Seleucid Empire and this Ptolemaic Empire are the two that this is going to talk about. This is the king of the south and the king of the north. Why does God talk about that so much? Because what's right in the middle? Jerusalem, right? Right in the middle is the Promised Land. So obviously at this point in time. Um, we have the Seleucid kings, as you can see, way more territory and more powerful than these two smaller kings. Same with the Potomac Empire that had most, most of the time that was uh, had, had over Jerusalem. But they have these things called the Syrian Wars that went on. There's like six of them, right? And it's, so you're going to see Daniel in massive detail. And you can go read uh, commentaries and see how much this matches exactly what happened. So he told Daniel exactly what was going to happen, and it actually did happen, right? So right here, you're going to see all this stuff about Syria and Egypt here from from uh, 11:3 through 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 here. Sorry about that. There it goes, right there. It, and I actually have a graphic um, right here that actually goes through each part of it. Daniel 11:5. It's talking about this specific king. It's only one soldier, right? From 323 to 283. Daniel 6 is talking about uh, this, this, this next guy from 285 to 286. And Daniel 6 and 7 is talking to the next king, Ptolemy 3. Then you can see 11 and 11 talks about Ptolemy 4. And that's it. That this, is, this is the king. This is the south, right? And it's the Seleucid kingdoms, right? You're going to see the same thing. Every time it's talking about this, it's talking about um, that this is. Uh, Seleucid one, and here's Seleucid one. Uh, was a brother at a different time. And then you have here Seleucid two, then Seleucid three. So you can see this is going to walk through multiple generations very quickly, but it's going to talk very specifically about what happens. So let's dig into that just real quick to some of this, and then we'll take a break, uh, sing some music, and come back a little bit more. Then we're going to do some more music, and then come back to some communion. Okay? So let's just dig into the kings of the south and the north. So as for me, in the first year of Darius the Mede, I stood up to confirm and, sh and strengthen me. And now I will show you the truth. Behold, three more kings shall rise in Persia, and a fourth shall be far richer than all of them. And when he has become strong through his riches, he shall stir up all the kingdoms the, against, he, he shall stir up all against the kingdom of Greece. Then the mighty king shall rise, who shall rule the, with great dominion and do as he wills. And as soon as he has risen, his kingdom shall be broken and divided toward the four winds of heaven, but not to the prosperity, nor according to the authority with which he ruled for his kingdom shall be plucked up and go to the other to others besides these. So that's this two through five right there, 11, two through five. Again, if you come back to this uh, graphic that I was doing it, it's right now talking about Ptolemy I, who, was, who lived from 323 BC or, or ruled from 323 BC to 285 BC. And also the king of the north was Seleucus I most of that time. Daniel five is, is talking about that. Daniel six starts getting into the, the second 
guy that was that was there, which we'll get into right now. So Daniel 5 and 6 says, Then the king of the south shall be strong, but one of his princes shall be stronger, and he shall rule, and his authority shall be a great authority. After some years they shall make an alliance, and the daughter of the king of the south shall come to the king of the north and make an agreement. But she shall not retain the strength of her arm, and he and his arm shall not endure. But she shall be given up, and her attendants, he who fathered her, and he who supported her in those times. So you can go read history about this. You'll see these alliances that they were trying to make, where the, one of the kings would marry one of the daughters to try to make sure there was peace, and that just fell apart. And you still had all these wars going right. And where was most of the wars happening? Right in, right, right in the in the, the promised land area. It was crazy times going on. Seven says, from the branch. From her roots, and one shall rise in its place. He shall come against the army and enter the fortress of the king of the north, and he shall deal with them and shall prevail. He shall also carry off to Egypt their gods and their metal images and the precious vessels of silver and gold. And for some years he shall refrain from attacking the king of the north. Then the latter shall come into the realm of the king of the south, but shall return to his own land. So there's seven, eight, and nine. Again, coming back to this this graphic here. Here they're just fighting. They're, they're, you're the king of the south, king of the north. They're rising up against each other at different points in time. And you see that seven through through eight here is talking about when Ptolemy three was fighting Seleucus two. So this is talking about a lot of a lot of wars, and it's amazing. If you go back, even some people are saying, oh, this had to be written after this all happened. It's just too accurate. Um, but textual criticism, everything's showed clearly that Daniel was writing this beforehand. It's one of the supernatural proofs of the Bible. It's just a beautiful thing. It's what I talk about in my reliability of the Bible portion of the class that you can find on the training tab of blessedteach.com, which is called the Impactor for Truth course. But there's a, there's a, and it's all about the reliability of the Bible, T-A-P textual criticism, archaeology, and prophecy. And this is the prophecy part because you'll see the prophecies done that could be textually shown to be written beforehand and all of a sudden, boom, they're happening like mad. History just unreals itself. So I'm going to get into a psalm before we continue that. But this just shows you how great our Lord is, right? <laughs> um, but one of the things that we always need to make sure that when we're, when we're, uh, when we're going through hard times and a lot of people are going through hard times because these these this evil the principalities are out in full force right now trying to and, and they're literally trying to take over the world the globalist right by satan and so so we just have to understand sometimes the grace is enough as as, as we get through this time right we're going to say sing hallelujah through the storm as we just sung about we also need to understand that his grace is enough. Amazing things are gonna happen, all right? So this is a song about that. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. So you feel weak right now? That's okay, just turn to the Lord, because great is his faithfulness. He leads us by still water, so he loves us so much. What's gonna happen if we really just turn to him in our hard times? His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. That's what we're going to be singing about here. That's in Lamentations, which is one of the, you know, uh, most most depressing books in the Bible, right? But we still, these people still knew that great is His faithfulness. Psalm twenty three two says, "He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters." Psalm twenty three is beautiful. Remember your people. Remember your promises. 
Remember your promise to me. It is my only hope. Your promise revives me. It comforts me in all my troubles. So turn to Him. Turn to the Lord if you're having problems. Because why? Great is your love and justice, God. His justice is coming, guys. You can just... And it says, For great is your love, reaching to the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches the skies. For Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all those who wait for Him. That's Psalm 57, 10, and also Isaiah 30, 18. Great is your love. He remembers His promises. Let's just sing, Your grace is enough. Lord, thank you for your faithfulness.
mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Yes, and we can just continue to worship here into going into our God as well. Um, this just talks about how awesome He is. Our God is greater, is stronger, is higher than the other. That's why I say when, when He's coming, the, these principalities aren't going to delay Him. For I know that the Lord is great and that our Lord is above all gods. Psalm 135.5 God is, gr is higher than anything and anyone, outshining everything you can see in the skies. Who can compare with God? Psalm 139, 4 and 5. Obviously, nobody can compare with God. That's why these Prince of Persia, Prince of Peace had nothing. No, there's no competition. If our God is for us, then who can ever stop us? What can stand against us? This is so important. Remember, He is in us. We are the body of Christ. If God is for us, who can be against us? Right out of Romans 8, 31. This talks about water turned into wine. Open the eyes of the blind. What Jesus did was amazing. John 10, 38 talks about some of that. It says, even though you do not believe me, Jesus is talking here, believe the works that you may know and understand that the Father is in me and I am in the Father. That's the whole Trinity. That's the true God, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. One God, three different persons in power. There is no one like you, none like you. That's why this, the Trinity is so unique. Psalm 86, 8, there is none like you among the gods, O Lord nor are there any works like yours, the beautiful stuff he does for us. So we know that if we have him, we can't lose. He's our God. for us who can be against us Thank you. 
There's none like you among the gods, O Lord, nor are there any works like yours. Higher than anything and anyone, outshining everything you can see in the skies. Who can compare to God? Who can compare to God? All right, if you, those of you backstage, unmute and say, Nobody can compare to God. <laughs> Nobody can compare to Nobody God. Nobody can compare to God. <laughs> Nobody can Nobody. compare to God. <laughs> Nobody. Nobody. Love it. I love it. Um, I am going to get to communion here pretty quick. We're going to, so if you don't have your elements, make sure you have the, that something to represent that. If you uh, are a believer and are ready to do that in remembrance of him. Um, I know we're in the middle of, of, of getting into chapter 11. I want to have find a better graphic that actually matches this in the study Bible. It does a beautiful job of explaining every single verse and how it relates exactly to history. It's beautiful. I want to find a better graphic for you guys uh, as I go through this. It's a pretty long chapter that we'll go through, and we'll do some of that on Monday night. So join me on Monday night as well as Thursday night, and then we'll be back doing this on Sunday, going probably over the rest of chapter 12. Um, but uh, I wanted to teach on communion. A lot of people do communion, take communion, but they really don't really get into what it really means and the scriptures behind it. So I want to make sure that, that we do a quick teaching on communion. Okay, so this is 1 Corinthians 10, 16 and 17. It says, the cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not for participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one bread, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one bread. 
So this is all uh, just some of the teachings of Paul, and we're going to get to what Jesus says about this as well. But it's pretty critical to understand what the body of Christ is all about, right? He's the head. He's on the right hand of the Father, and, and we are his body here on earth, right? We have the Holy Spirit in us, and if you have the Holy Spirit, you're part of the body of Christ. And we do this uh, because the, if, if, of the remembrance of what he did for us on the cross. It's what allowed him to go to the Father and send the Holy Spirit. It was a whole new covenant, new promises. The New Testament's all about this, right? It is, it is what the blood of Christ did to cover our sins. Right? It makes them as white as snow. They're as wool, right? It's just beautiful. And so the bread that we break is not the participation of the body of Christ, right? So it's basically, basically that's a question, it's a, you know, using, using the format of, of course it is, right? So we are actually celebrating um, what, God, what God did for us with his blood and his body on the cross, right? And uh, the fellowship of believers, and they devoted themselves to apostles, teachers, and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and prayers. So this whole thing about getting together to get doing instead of doing this yourself, that's a big, big key portion of this as well. And he, we here, that's why in backstage as well as what you're doing, on the, you you can actually, um, you can actually see that as well. Thank you. I see some great comments. Thank you, Faith Man Seven 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 and Caitlin Kelly. Um, all right. Let's see here, and then I move to the other scripture here. Here you have one Peter three eighteen. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in his flesh, but made alive in the spirit. So that's 1 Peter 3.18 again, just making sure we understand that the, the suffering was for what? It was once for the sins, the righteous for the unrighteous. This is like the sin and the seed of Adam, and now you have this now the righteousness of Christ overrides that. And we put the death of flesh. It's like when we get buried, we kind of we're buried with Christ underneath the water when we get baptized, right? And we're, we come up as a new creation. And so that's all about baptizing the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And you kind of die with Christ, if you will. And you come die to your sins. And you come up as a new creation, right? So we're remembering all this about how important this event was in history. It's what the whole New Testament's about. It's why Christ came. It's why God wanted to move into a different covenant with us, different promise with us. It's the whole church age that we're living in now. Isaiah 53, 5 says, But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our inequities. Upon him was a chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. So by his wounds we are healed. This would not have happened if, 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 the, if the event of the cross did not happen. And his resurrection, obviously, to show his power over sin, over death. It's a beautiful part. That's why we will live forever with him and see our loved ones in heaven because of what he did for us. 1 John 1, 7 says, But if we walk in the light, and he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sins. So this is vital to understand. Become a believer. You need to understand that when you say, with your mouth, as Romans 10, 9 says, that, that uh, Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You're saved from your sins because of the blood of Christ, right? We have fellowship with one another. Again, talking about doing this together. So you could do this with your family at home, right? You can do this. Just make sure everyone has given their life to Christ because there is a warning about this as well. 
um, that I'll, I'll read about in a second. But uh, here's Jesus now, we're moving to what Jesus says. A lot of that was what Paul was teaching. Uh, Jesus clearly says in John 6, I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give him for the life of the world is my flesh. So when we break the bread, we're, that's, his, that's his flesh. It's this living bread. This isn't like just any normal bread. So we're doing this as a symbolic act of understanding that he's our living bread. And we don't have life without him. He's a great creator. It's amazing. So here he is in John 6, 33. Again, it says, for the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, sir, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. So this is just re-emphasizing um, some pretty some, some teachings of Jesus. And here he is in John 6:53. This really, a lot of disciples left him, or a lot of people that were following Jesus left after he said this because they didn't understand it. But he was pointing toward communion. So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I lie, and, and I in him. A lot of pastors skip this portion because it's hard to explain, but this is, this is the direct pointing to what we're doing now as a symbolic act of, of remembrance of him. As the living Father sent me, I and I live because of the Father. So whoever feeds on me, and he he will also live because of me. I'm sorry, I misread that, so let me read that again. This is the 57. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father. So whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. It's a very important verse right there. You can see, you've got a living Father, the living Christ. So you're dead in your sins. So you need to feed on him in order to be to be a living creature as far as heaven is concerned, right? This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. This is why we break this bread in communion with each other, right? Um, I will, and he will, here is Matthew 26, he says, I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it with you in my Father's kingdom. So just think about that. In heaven, we're going to be able to do this with Jesus, right? We're going to be able to share bread and wine with Jesus. It's going to be a beautiful, beautiful time. Now, um, I'm going to take a, a moment for us to pray for each other as you get your elements. And before we do this, it's important that you have accepted Christ as your Savior, right? And there's a warning in it right here in 1 Corinthians 11. It says, let a person examine himself, then and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. So this is a warning that you don't want to be just taking communion because everyone else is doing it, right? You want to do it because your heart is right. And a predecessor to this is you've accepted Jesus as your savior. So I'm just going to say a quick prayer for anybody who, who wants to accept Jesus right now and do communion with us, okay? And this is an important part of, of, of this ministry is making sure that everyone comes to understand who the Lord Jesus is, right? And that 
that you have um, fully accepted this. And uh, the simple part of this, we do the Romans road. I talk about a lot, Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So everyone has fallen short. You can't get to heaven because, why? Because of Adam's sin, we all fall short. Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death. So that's the spiritual death. You have this huge canyon between you and God. So if you haven't accepted Jesus as your savior, you shouldn't be taking communion and you're not gonna have the Holy Spirit and you're not gonna have the abundant life and you're not gonna have glory on you during this great time. So this is the time to do that. To, but you gotta understand that you are sinful and you can't do it by yourself. And it's 100% Jesus and 0% you, right? Romans 5, 8 says, for God, and I'm sorry, let me finish Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Remember, it's a gift. You don't work for a gift. Right? A gift is a, it's, it's a free gift, it says Ephesians 2, 8, 9. It's a free gift. And so what you do is you just let people let them know you're a sinner and you accept the free gift. Right? And Romans 5, 8 talks about how much he loved us. But, and we just talked about this quite a bit in these verses. Right? It says, for God loved us. But, but, but God demonstrated his own love for us in this. So you want, how did God demonstrate his own love for this? While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Like the Bible also talks about how how uh, uh, people will die for a good person, but not for a bad person. But he died for bad people. Right? We were still sinners, and he still died for us. That's how much he demonstrated his love. That's Romans 5.8. And the last verse we usually talk about in Romans Road would be Romans 10.9. And that is that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And right before I get to the sinner's prayer, I want to, to, to clearly, clearly state this, guys, is that there's a lot of people who think they're saved and they're not. There's, there's verses that clearly say that you're going to say, I drove out demons in your name. And he's going to say, I knew of you not. Why is that? Right? Well, because demons even know that Jesus is Christ. He, they know it here. Right? Satan knows that he's Christ. There's a lot of people that know that Jesus is the Lord and save and, and God and he, he, he is the Lord, that He is the King of Kings, but they haven't accepted Him into their heart. That's what that part says. And I believe that God raised Him from the dead. He's got to become your personal Savior. It's the 18 inches from the head to the heart. There's some songs that even sing about this, right? So don't fall in that trap. There's a lot of people that think they're saved that just not not dedicated their life to the Lord that, that literally are saying I just want you to be my savior it's, and it's 100% him and 0% you some people don't do this because they think they've done bad things in the past and they can't be forgiven that's that's just not correct again we just talked about how God can do anything nothing's impossible with God we just said that in Romans right so so you just need to make a decision right now, and I just ask you if you haven't if you haven't prayed this. And those of you who have uh, have uh, accepted Christ, I think it's a very good for to all. I'd, I'd like to continue to say this. It's just going to rededicate myself to Him, right? But just say a quick prayer that just says what Romans Road just said. Okay, so just pray after me. You say, Lord, I know all I have fallen short of the glory of God, and I know the wages of sin is death. So I repent of those sins. And I know that, Lord, that you've given us this gift of eternal life. That's a gift, Lord. So I accept that gift right now. And I thank you for the death of Jesus on the cross and that you 
loved us so much that why I was still a sinner, you died for me personally. Thank you for that, Lord. And Lord, so right now I confess with my mouth, Jesus is Lord. But I don't just know that in my mind, Lord. I know that you, God, raised him from the dead and I want Jesus in my heart. Lead me, lead me, Lord. Teach me day by day how I could walk with you. Thank you for sending the Holy Spirit down, the helper to me. I love you, Lord, and I say these things in the name of Jesus. We said that you're safe to do communion, and we're gonna do that now. And so if you wouldn't mind taking a little bit of uh, some type of liquid to represent his blood, some type of bread that we can break together. And what we're going to do is we're going to just read exactly what Jesus said. There's, uh, there's Luke and Matthew is the ones I um, usually point toward. I want to walk you through those two here. Here we see instruction of the Lord's Supper before we do this. Um, I just want to see, see the context of what, what Jesus did. This is, uh, is actually in Matthew 26 where it says, Now as they were eating, this is the, the often called the Last Supper, right? Up in the upper room. Jesus took the bread and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, Drink of it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out to many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, you will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until the day in which I drink it new in my Father's kingdom. So we'll do that in just a second. But here's another one in Luke. I just want to show you 24, 14. And when the hour came, he reclined at the table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it's fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took a cup and then he had given thanks, he said. And this part here, right here, we will we'll read. And uh, as we take communion in just a second, so he goes through that. But behold, I'm going to go down to 21. But behold, the hand of him who betrays me, he's talking about Judas, right? Is at the table with me during this time. But the son of man goes out and has determined, but woe to him, that man, uh, woe to that man by whom he is betrayed. And they began to question one another, which of them it could be, who was going to do this. But we're just going to go right now to this right here, this, this highlight there on verse um, Luke. And so you can look at this on your own if you want to do this on your own with your family. Uh, you can just turn to Luke 22. You don't have to go through all these scriptures I went through. You can do a little of that teaching, but this is really just going through uh, Luke 22. We're going to go through 17 here. All right. So, And he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. So he took the cup and it I tell you from now on, it will, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And then he took the bread. So, and when he gave thanks, he broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body. So this, uh, that was given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So I'm gonna do this uh, with, with the bread first. So let's take the bread. This is my body, which was given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So break the bread, take some bread. Um, before this Lord, just, just, just take a few minutes of silence, if you wouldn't mind, as well. Make sure your heart's right before God. And take the bread.
Thank you, Lord. When he took the cup and when he had given thanks, he said, Take this and divide it among yourselves, for I tell you that from now on I will not drink of the fruit of the vine. But again, take the cup and let's drink it in remembrance of him. It's interesting. Um, I, I guess I usually use the one on Matthew. But uh, anyway, just to let you know that the, the Ma- Matthew 26 or 29 is what I use. Hopefully those are scriptures. All these scriptures will be in the show notes on Monday show notes. that happen Tuesday morning. So if you want to see all the scriptures I showed you, make sure you just go to blessedteach.com and go to the show notes. Um, just think about what Christ did for us, guys. How amazing is that? And um, that's why I just want to move to another song um, about how awesome the Lord is this one is about shouting to the Lord (laughs) I love it because it just points to so much scripture and so if you have some favorite songs let us know and we'll add that to the repertoire of what we do on word and worship and praise and prayer four days a week right it says shout to the Lord all the earth let us sing Psalm 47 one says clap your hands all the people shout to God with loud songs of joy Says mountains bow down and the seas will roar to the sound of your name. This is the Lord who died for us, right? All the earth worship you and sings praise to you. They sing praises to your name. In Philippians 2.10 just talks about that the name of Jesus, right? That we just celebrated his, his bread and his body. It says so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under earth. Philippians 2.10 He's my comfort and my shelter. This is Psalm 91.1. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Psalm 91.1. And he really is our tower of refuge and strength. This points to Psalm 61.2. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I, for you have been my refuge, a strong tower against the enemy. So let's look at this. Shout to the Lord song that talks about mountains bowing down to the sound of his name talks about him being my comfort and my shelter talks about his being our tower of refuge and strength full of scripture shout to the lord
All right. Wow, what a beautiful uh, morning of just beautiful music. I just love some of this music, uh, guys. And so we want to know what you love, though. Um, well, a lot of these songs are just something that me or Gus or Annette and others uh, in the ministry just love to soak in and, um, and that we could actually apply back to Scripture, right? So if you have some things that you just uh, could listen to 10 times over and just, uh, just worship to, right? Um, let us attach scripture to it and put beautiful videography with our videographer who's anointed at this. And uh, we'll continue to add songs as we go in this ministry. So, but uh, let us know. Let us know what some of your favorite worship songs are that you could just listen to over and over. Um, and we won't have, we won't do all of them because we we'll want something that affects a lot of people and uh, actually go back to scripture really well. But uh, we're going to commit to continue to add songs on a regular basis that really move you. We'd love to know what that is uh, and what really moves you. I did want to open it up to anybody that wanted that wanted to have had a question about anything or a thought or anything that this uh, scripture moved you on or. or um, at backstage, I know we I burnt through most of the time because we had to do because um, we wanted to do communion, and we also wanted to do I wanted to invite people to to know the Lord as well as try to teach on chapter ten. So we packed a lot into this last hour and a half. But uh, anybody have any thoughts backstage um, about the teaching or any questions or any if I'm on Facebook or Rumble as well? I'm looking at the chats right now. Um, so I see Rumble. Hi, Rick says. Good to, good to see you. Thank you for your show. It's a blessing. Thank you, Treasure with Hearts. Uh, Faith Me, BGT, keep up the good work. Appreciate you guys' comments there. Um, go ahead, um, Teresa. Hi, Rick. I, I sent you a note last night. I'm a kind of a co-chaplain on a site, and we got some very unusual information last night that has not been released to the mainstream media and I don't want to tell exactly what it is but it is time for all the prayer warriors to please to get together and pray our military is having to work extra hard right now behind the scenes to try to keep everybody calm and keep everything running as smoothly as it can so please just keep your faith, keep your strength. No matter what you see the next few days, remember that God's got this and he's in charge. And just please pray. Can we all pray together? And I was hoping you would blow your shofar because mm -hmm. I really think we need to pray against the powers and principalities this morning. Yeah, that sounds good. We'll do that here before we leave. The um, just to let you know that just to invite everybody. I know you know this, Terry, but we uh, meet every Tuesday um, after the show to do PCR, which on Project Children Rescue, which includes praying for the military, includes praying against the media. So we'd love for you guys to join us uh, to do that, where we do blow the shofar at the end as well. We'll do that on Thursday mornings as well at 11 o'clock. Um, so I just want to invite you guys to. PCR, where you'll find that, by the way, where you'll find everything, where you talk about not being isolated, is this going to neighborhood.social, and you'll find neighborhood.social on your mobile phone. You can download it on your Apple Store or the Google Store, right? But you'll see here within the groups, um, these active Zoom groups. This is where you can not be isolated anymore. There's, there's things going on every 
every week here you'll see right here and uh, I mean every day of the week pretty much Saturday Wednesday here's uh, there's noon on Tuesday Tuesday so uh, and then I know that um, right here what I'm talking about is PCR this is every Tuesday and Thursday morning um, so you can find this and they'll have a link where you can join us on zoom to pray with us Tuesday nights or Thursday mornings at 11 to do exactly what Teresa was saying but uh, go ahead Lois Oh, Lois had your hand up, but then it went down. So. Well, yes, I did. Uh, I just, I just wanted to say that I appreciate your teaching. Um, this morning, especially, was significant to me with the statue of Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah. But I also wanted to thank you for the teaching on the communion, mm -hmm. because I think it's real easy for us to forget. Mm -hmm. I know I have mm -hmm. uh, the true meaning, how symbolic it is, but what the true meaning of the communion is. And so I just wanted to thank you for that. Ah, thank you, Lois. Do appreciate it. Yeah, <clears throat> I, do, I, do, I, I used to go to the communion all the time and not even know what it was about, really, in detail. And so it was really cool to just re what, what scriptures are we really pointing to, right? And so that's interesting. And you'll see, you'll see, like in Matthew and and in, and in uh, Luke, there <clears throat> they were slightly different too. But that's how you've talked to any lawyer. That talks about that's why we why God gave us Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, right, for all the scripture. Because if you hear different people that see different things, for instance, he may have, he, like, for instance, he said in Matthew, it's he talks about the wine and then the bread, and Luke, Luke talks about bread and the wine, but he could have talked about the wine earlier as well, right? So, and you look at multiple um, viewpoints, and in any time, any lawyer will tell you. That you're getting different people that saw the, the the that are honest people that are talking about the same thing. They all have different aspects and heard different things, and uh, so it's beautiful to have these four different witnesses, if you will, right? Um, of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and King. It's one of my favorite things as an apologist to do. It's really dig into the scriptures. So thank you, Lois. But wanted to encourage you to do the same thing. Think for yourself. Don't. Uh, you know, take these scriptures, go look at them yourself and understand a better of uh, whatever you'd like in Daniel and the end times, as well as communion. I just love teaching and getting people to think for themselves, not get you guys to come to absolute conclusions. That's exactly what God wants you to do is be search the scriptures, just like just like they did in Acts 17, 11, where it says the, it says the Berean Jews were more noble character than those of Thessalonica. Why? because they examine the scriptures with great eagerness to see with what, and they, they examine the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true, right? They accepted the message with great eagerness and they examine the scriptures every day to see with, with what Paul said was true. So I, I encourage you to do the same thing. Examine the scriptures and see if what Rick said was true or what this person said was true, right? <laughs> it, uh, everything has to align with scripture. Um, hey, but with that, uh, let's do, let's get to some prayer real quickly uh, to see if anybody would like to, to lift up uh, um, anything in prayer. And I will blow the shofar as we ended up here. Um, anybody else has a shofar, join me. That would be awesome. Um, so, so I was just going to ask, uh, maybe Teresa, I know this is on your heart. So why don't you start and anybody that wants to pray in between and I'll end it up. Um, okay. Thank you, Rick. Mm -hmm. um, dear Father God, there's so much going on right now that we can't see. But Father, I know that you are in charge. And Father God, I would ask you to protect and keep us protected all over the, the world, not just in our nation, but in every nation. Mm -hmm. 
the things that are happening can look very scary, but we know that you have everything under control. And so, Father God, I ask you to send all whatever angels need to be sent out. Lord, we command them to go out and help our military to do the things that they need to do to protect our nation and to protect our military and to protect the children. Be with each one and keep them safe. And we thank you that if things are different than what we're used to, that we won't get afraid, but we'll be trusting in you and knowing that you have have this all planned out, Father God. We thank you for your plan that's much different than many of our plans because we don't know, we don't have the full picture, but you do, Father God. So I thank you for the good leadership we have, and I ask you to bring down all of the bad leaders, bring them down, bring the principalities and powers, we call them down by the blood of Jesus. And we say, you have no right to be in our land. We, you have no right to destroy our country. We will not allow it. By the blood of Jesus, we will protect our land. We will protect our families. We trust you, Father God. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' precious holy name, amen. Amen. Anybody else like to pray? I want to grab my staff. I'd like to pray, Rick. Go ahead. I just want to come against the fear that Teresa is talking about. Mm. And I want, I'm asking, Father, that you would send your angels as you have, we've, we've requested the angels to come on so many occasions. But Father, the fear, the fear of you is a healthy fear. Yeah. And it's a respectful fear. And I'm asking that that fear of you would go across our land. And just as the barrels of oil have poured across our land to spread your Holy Spirit, I, would, I pray that that can be a worldwide event and that all the angels that we've been requesting to come, all powers, all ranks, all divisions of angels can come and spread their wings across our entire world to protect it. And as this <clears throat> culmination of the end comes, however that's going to look to each individual person, I pray that each of us can say, Father, what is my role in this? And it will be different for each of us. But we have, we have a responsibility in our way to support and pray. And it may be nothing more than getting on our knees and saying, Father, what is my part? And so, as I as I pray this prayer this morning, my heart is heavy for what's happening for those who don't know you. And that's why the communion is so important because it's a coming together to worship you and praise you, but to recognize the sacrifice that you made for all of us, not just one, but for all of us. And that's why it says in all of our ways, acknowledge him and he will direct our path. So we each have a path, Father, and I pray that we will know what path that is and how we can better serve you each day, especially during this tough time. And so I'm inviting everyone to be a part of our ministry as well as backstage, Father. And I pray that you would lay on their hearts to come, that when the forgiveness is presented to them, the opportunity to know you is presented, their hearts will be open and I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
Go ahead, Elizabeth. Heavenly Father, we just want to praise you and glorify you. We know these times are tough right now, Father. I just pray, especially for Australia, since July the 1st has been some um, big things happening, some laws that they're bringing into place. There's just more, uh, I don't know, we just seem to be under a, a tyranny and a watchful eye. But Lord, Father God, we know that you're exposing this darkness. And although it seems like at times we're just not getting anywhere, it's like a duck that swims on top of the water. You can't see its feet pedaling like crazy to go places. And that's where we feel we are right now, Lord. But we know that you've got this, Father God. I thank you for this blessed community. I thank you for Rick and his wonderful teaching. I thank you for backstage and I invite people to come because it's such a blessing to be part of this and that we can, me in Australia and you guys in America and Sweden and it's just so, so beautiful to have that connection. So Lord, we just thank you that Father God, when we're having that spirit of fear that your perfect love will cast it out, Lord, because you are perfect love. We don't always understand that, but Lord, we ask in those times where fear starts to come that we ask that Jesus would take every thought captive and that he would just give us the love that you have for us, knowing that no weapon again formed against us shall prosper. We'll always be with you, Father God. We thank you for your patience and we thank you for your your precious sacrifice of your son, who I pray more and more people will understand what you have done for us, Lord. And we just give you praise and glory and we thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. All right. I'm going to wrap her up here and with a, with a prayer, just say thank you, Lord, for these wonderful prayers. And I come to agreement with these prayers. Um, and Lord, um, we're going to use the authority and power that you've talked about and that we need to be using here at this point in time. Just like Daniel, when we were teaching, he was um, fasting. He was uh, certain items. He was really in, in a deep closeness to you. And you sent an angel to him, Lord. Uh, and though, now we know we have the helper, the Holy Spirit within us. And that you're, we're coming on to a time that is going to be amazing as your glory is going to be portrayed like never before. So I pray in the mighty name of Jesus, the name above all names. And the power that you give us in his shed blood that we talked about today and celebrated with communion. All right, Lord. But that power of his blood, the power of his name, the name above all names, we are going to bind the rulers and authorities and powers of this dark world. We bind those principalities that are over our geographic areas of everybody that's listening to my voice right now. We bind those principalities, those geographical principalities, Lord, that they will not no longer delay the many angels that you will be releasing from all rankings and divisions as we loose those angels, Lord, on earth as is in heaven. Thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you that we will be able to see these children free. We say, let our children go right now, Lord. Thank you for allowing the exposure of all this, this, this evil information that's coming up. Exposure, Lord. We pray for blessings over all the military, all those who are doing the will, that the military, especially the ones that are working directly with the White House worldwide that are working for you, Lord. Give them the warring angels, to be successful. The messenger angels to know exactly where they should go. The children, the messenger angels. 
ministering angels for they don't have PTSD, the ministering angels for the healing of these children. We need all the angels of all rankings and divisions, Lord, in this battle. And we loose them now. As we blow the shofar, Lord, we call down those angels of all rankings and divisions and the Lion of Judah for judgment. Thank you, Lord. And we say these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Anybody has a shofar and he knows he's maker, feel free to just join me. Thank you for this time. I just wanted to invite everybody again to go to blessedteach.com. Make sure you go to the backstage tab so you get back here in Zoom. Also, uh, don't be isolated. Make sure you go to the neighborhood.social down below the app on your mobile phones, neighborhood.social. Find that on your mobile apps as well as uh, on the web. And make sure that you are not isolated, that you're integrated with other Christian believers. Blessedteach.com has all kinds of stuff for you. It has training. It has the neighborhood. It has the show notes that you can sign, sign up for there on the front page. It's also got Backstage, which is now pay forward and free for you guys to come and join us. We'd love to have you here. Um, tell you what, we love you guys so much. And we are going to um, get back together on Monday night where we have praise and prayer as well as Thursday night we have praise and prayer. And then Fridays and Sunday mornings, our word and worship. Join us. You know, see Mendes's beautiful music. Share your 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 favorite worship songs with us. We would love that. Um, love you all. So with that, if you wouldn't mind, all the backstagers unmuting and saying goodbye. Bye, y'all. I mean, bye, bye y'all. Love you, Rhea. Love you. Love you God bless you. Shalom, shalom, Chris. Shalom, shalom. Love you all. Yeah, God bless. There you go. Uh, <laughs> You guys are awesome. Talk to you soon.